Welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. I'm your host, Adam Tarno, joined as always by my co-host, John McGee. John, how are you doing today? Good, Adam. I'm really excited about this episode. It's been the episode we have not been able to record, but we have tried, I don't know, I know five, six, Three or seven. four times, it feels like. It keeps <laughs> getting canceled. And, uh, and here we are. Uh, so Caitlin Van Wagner is in uh, the studio with us today, and we're talking about how we think about women in leadership on our staff and some of the nuances there, some of the uh, practical kind of uh, tips and tricks, as well as you know philosophically uh, big headlines uh, in which to operate from. Let's just real quick, before we go any farther, what are we not discussing on today's podcast? Yeah, Caitlin, you want to... Absolutely. So what we're, this what this podcast won't be, it's not going to be any sort of theological deep dive necessarily into the roles of men and women on a church staff. There are other, that's a great topic and there are other resources for that, um, but that's not specifically what we're going to talk about today. In fact, there is a resource I would love to point you to, and we recently talked through that specific topic from the Watermark stage on a Sunday um, as part of our focus series, which is on First Timothy and one of our elders, David Leventhal, did a whole deep dive on First Timothy yep. 2, roles of men and women. It was amazing. Yep. Yeah. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes. That's what this podcast, it's, it's a great resource, but we're not going to be talking about that specifically today. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about, you know, how, how do you handle, how do you navigate uh, our context as a church setting, uh, but would apply to any business setting as well. How do you navigate women uh, on your staff, women who have leadership gifts? Uh, how do you create space for them? How do you navigate some of the complexities? Caitlin will share some real practical things, but let me uh, let me speak just to uh, the men uh, at first. Let me, let me ask you just kind of a diagnostic question as you're listening. Um, if you had the most gifted uh, woman on your staff, whoever your you know your a your a player is, um, and she knew there was an opening on your staff, would she go call her friends and say, "You need to work here. You need to invest here. This place is amazing as a woman to work here." If not, we've got work to do. Uh, or conversely, something that's really personal to me: Would I want my daughters to work? I've got two mm-hmm. daughters here. Would I want my daughters to work here? If there was a position, uh, either paid or volunteer, do I want my uh, daughters to work here? Uh, and if not, if I flinch, then there is work to do. So that would be kind of, um, I think the envisioned future is that uh, both of those things uh, would be true uh, for you as a leader. Absolutely. And then Caitlin will talk about some of the kind of practical things for uh, women and uh, we can just have a great discussion, mm-hmm. but yeah, really so, excited about it. Yeah. So men should listen to this. And this is, uh, and, and one of those reasons of those of you that are on a church staff is to think about your environment right now. And yeah. is this a place where you think a woman would want to come and work and to lead? And uh, the women that are on the staff now, are they so excited about being on that staff that they're telling others, right. hey, you need to come yeah. and join us here. So this is uh, definitely an important topic. So Caitlin, you've got just a basic framework for the way that you mm-hmm. think about your role as a woman on staff in leadership. So why don't you share some of that, that framework? Yes. Yeah, so my framework that it comes out, it comes out of candidly first Timothy two. So, uh, when I look at the scripture and, and the way that we, we think about it here at watermark is that there are two roles in the context specifically of the local church, the corporate gathering, um, that God specifically designed for men to occupy. And that is, um, pastor and elder. Mm-hmm. And again, I would, I would commend to you that resource to understand a little bit about God's heart and design for that and why that is his God's best for men and women alike. Absolutely. That, that resource is going to be in the show notes, but those two roles aside, my framework is that I have found, uh, that the church, should and could and should be the absolute best place for women to work. And Mm -hmm. I found nothing but opportunity for women to uh, lead at a high level, to be deployed, and then to just get after it. 
Um, yeah. And so that's the framework I use um, to kind of understand where I fit and where a lot of other women can fit on stuff. And that was not your original framework when you <laughs> took the job at Watermark, right? And so you had, uh, just explain and tell some of that story. What did you think about your career and what was maybe going to happen when you accepted this role? I definitely, so I've been at Watermark for four years. And then before that, I was in a very corporate environment in a corporate job that I loved had uh, ministry was not on my radar. The Lord definitely moved, did a, did a crazy work in my heart to get me here. And then when I was telling um, the, the folks at my previous job that I was leaving, um, the feedback I got was you're going to be bored. Your that's where your career, the ministry is where your career goes to die. Hmm. And then specifically as a woman who's wired the way that you are, I just don't know how that's going to work. And it wasn't, it didn't have anything to do with necessarily watermark. It was just, that was the reputation of ministry in general. And I have, I am so excited to report that I've never felt more championed as a woman. Mm. I've definitely never felt more challenged professionally than I have in this job and more deployed. And I'm so nothing but grateful. And so that adage that I know y'all have talked about of we, I'm not a gift to ministry. Ministry is a gift to me. Yeah. Ministry has been a gift to me as a female leader in every sense of the word and really, really uh, sharpened me, taken a lot of my rougher edges off. And um, it's been really fun That's to good. learn that aspect. Great. So here's how we're going to frame up our conversation today. As we said, we're not going to get into a deep theological dive here. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about three gray areas, three gray areas that uh, many women maybe uh, are feeling some challenge when it comes to navigating how to be a leader on a church staff. And so, uh, so Caitlin, let's just go through each of these. And so the very first one is this, is kind of the question, where's the ceiling? Where's the ceiling? So what would you say to a woman who feels like there are invisible ceilings for them inside the church? So I hear questions and comments like this a lot. It's, uh, yeah, well, I want to do that, but I don't, I don't think a woman can, women can, can't have that role. Right. And it's based in these assumptions that sometimes women can make, um, fairly or unfairly about roles that are available or not available to them. They think that, oh, I I can't be on that leadership team because that's always historically been men or, I can't have that job because a man would have to report to me. I can't have that. And right. so typically what these assumptions are is that they are, I, I see a lot of women self-limit. And so what I would say, the principle I would say to that some of the women listening is don't assume ceilings exist that don't necessarily. So I would say, um, so I, I would say if, if you're finding you're catching yourself in those thought patterns of, I just don't think that women can have that role, I would test that assumption. That's I would right. go and really humbly ask those around you, hey, is that is that a fair assumption? Clarify the boundaries. And once you get the boundaries clear, start leading. Um, so an analogy that I hear a lot, and I don't know who to attribute it to or where it came from, is that um, inside the church specifically, if scripture draws the boundary at the 20 yard line, a lot of women assume that the boundary is at the 50 yard line and they're hanging out there wondering if they can tiptoe over. And mm. so to the women, I would say, um, clarify the boundaries and then get busy leading to the fullest. Yeah. So I think what I'm hearing you say there is that do, when you say don't assume this exists is that uh, this ceiling may not be there and it may just be in your mind. Yes. And so uh, don't limit yourself or mm-hmm. say, don't say no or limit what you're going to do. Uh, clarify that. Ask if it's there because you may be surprised by the answer. Is that mm-hmm. what you're saying? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that's good. That's good. And so, you know, for the leaders that are thinking out there, um, so I'm talking to men um, here is, is who I have, have in mind. Um, there's a couple, I think, biblical frameworks that could be really, really helpful. Uh, the first is this admonition um, against showing favoritism. Mm-hmm. So in uh, in James uh, 2, 1, uh, 
it is talking specifically about those who are rich and those who are poor. Uh, but I think it would absolutely uh, apply to uh, men and women. You yeah. don't want to show favoritism. So when you think about ceilings, uh, if you're creating some kind of culture where there is a ceiling or there's a perceived ceiling, the 50-yard line is real or not, if there's a perception there, um, then there's a good shot you're showing favoritism, which is out of bounds uh, for a believer regardless. Uh, and the second is uh, the admonition uh, continually in the Old Testament to care for um, you know, those who are in the one-down uh, position. So oftentimes it's widows or it's foreigners or it's orphans. It's anybody that doesn't have the power that, uh, that you do, you are commanded to you know, be an advocate, to uh, protect, to um, seek their well-being. And, um, but this is, I think, the one-downness uh, here uh, happens because of just the math in the church, right? right? And that, that's all it is. I'm not talking about ideology. I'm just talking about math. It's so oftentimes church staffs are so heavily weighted with men, uh, it just becomes really easy to put women in the one-down position, un- oftentimes unintentionally, and that's not okay uh, as, uh, as a Christian. So Caitlin's already, you know, framed up uh, 1 Timothy 2. There's a couple roles as our uh, kind of church polity, as we understand it, that would be uh, kind of not um, an option for Caitlin, but everything else should be. And it's our job, you know, Adam, you and I, uh, me as her boss right now, to advocate for her and do all that I can uh, to give her a shot, which, you know, we'll talk some more about that, but that, in- that includes you know, putting her in rooms with lots of men, uh, and setting her up for success. And I, uh, I think it was last week, Caitlin, uh, there was, there was kind of some discussions about uh, a weekend, uh, event and some of the things that we were thinking. I went to Caitlin and said, Hey, I think you could, uh, make this better. What do you think? She's like, great, let's go. And so I walked into a room with, uh, I think it was four of our senior uh, leaders. They were men. And I said, guys, I'm about to upgrade your meeting. And it was Caitlin and I walked in. And so of course being the sarcastic friends that they are, they, they asked why I was there. And, uh, <laughs> and I said, I'm going to leave Caitlin here. And here's, here's why I want her in here. Cause I think she's going to make us better and, uh, set her up and walked out. And, um, you know, lots of little actions like that, just trying to advocate for Caitlin and, and hopefully all the, all the gals, there was, um, uh, last week, an opportunity that came across, and I thought, you know what? One of the uh, women on my on my staff could win by doing this. Mm. And I, so I raised my hand and said, "We will take that, uh, the collective we." But I'm going to give it specifically to this person and help her because uh, I want this win to go on her scoreboard, and she can do it. And uh, so I think just being an advocate. Um, that was both of those rooms. I think both times were all men, uh, and so there was a role that I played as a leader uh, to advocate for the women uh, on my team. That's great. Mm-hmm. And so, Caitlin, there are some ceilings that do exist from an unintentional perspective, and, and I think you've noted a few of those. So what, what do you see uh, where there are some issues or maybe some I, challenges? I think so, and I think this a little bit goes back to what John was saying just a few moments ago about just the math, yeah. and sometimes um, on church staffs, which is a lot of, of heavily weighted the people in, in leadership roles tend to be men, and then um, a lot of, of, lot of folks in the um, support roles tend to be women, and so I think that where a ceiling might exist or even unconscious favoritism might exist is when it comes to professional development. So okay. let me give you examples. Yeah. You two are going, uh, you've got a ministry opportunity and you want to take a, a, somebody on a ride along to, to, um, to develop them. You're probably going to grab a younger guy. That's just more natural, right? Yep. Or you're going to lunch and you go, you know what? I want to pour into somebody today. Who can I take? You're probably going to grab a younger guy. And so just because of the math, I think naturally a lot of those leadership development opportunities 
um, either formal or informal happen for between older men and younger men in the church. And so, so women, I think naturally just get, sometimes can feel like we get fewer opportunities, um, to either do hands-on leadership development, if that makes sense. So what I would say is the challenge for women is it goes, what I would say to you listening is that we've got to own our own development oftentimes. And so, so, um, you've got to own, so I would say to the the women in the room, some of the, some tactics some like simple handholds to give you to do that is I would, I would pick two or three things you specifically want to be developed in, right? And so don't be general. I wouldn't go to your leader and go, I want to be developed as a leader. I would say, no, I want to learn how to run a meeting. I want to learn how to communicate more succinctly. And I want to learn how to think strategically or something along those. So the specific areas you want to be developed, then go and ask to your leader and ask them to help you in that, to hold you accountable, to um, work it into your performance review every single year, touch base with you. And then also can go in and find resources, put in the sweat equity to go, Hey, I want to listen to these podcasts. Can I get these books? Or can I, can you connect me with this type of person mm-hmm. to help develop me in that, in that way? Um, and start that conversation, but women be proactive in that. Um, and then, um, I think men in the room just, just recognize that potentially that, that reality could exist of, of just natural opportunities going more toward to younger male leaders than female leaders. Yeah. And so again, this is, this may be a ceiling of sorts, maybe better to call it a barrier. It's not necessarily a ceiling. It it is, uh, it is an issue as you said, due to the math. And so John, what would you say to men and how would you encourage them to prioritize the, the development of the women that they lead? Yeah. Well, I think just, just recognize that, um, you're going to have to work hard. That That's going to be a lot easier to do with the men. So just case in point, Caitlin, I did a, a men's retreat uh, a week ago and I grabbed a van full of our men residents. It was a, and I was a men's retreat. So that didn't make sense to bring you But I remember driving up there going, shoot, what would be equitable uh, to invest in some of the women on our staff? So I haven't done anything since, but it, that is on uh, my radar. I think um, <clears throat> one thing is uh, the whole feedback and development culture that mm-hmm. a lot of times we have uh, around here that has to exist with uh, the women uh, on your staff as well. And so Caitlin does a great job, a pro tip that, that uh, I think would help other women is she asks for feedback a lot. So almost every yeah. meeting that we walk out of, Caitlin, her MO will be, is there any feedback for me? And uh, which just opens up the possibility that hey, she could have done this better. Um, you, you know, I might've opened this way or said something, or did you catch it? So that would be, that'd be one for the gals. Uh, but then for the, the guys, um, just to, in, in while we're talking about meetings, uh, after the meetings, I'll, I will try, uh, Caitlin, oftentimes if you're in, in a meeting and I know some of the subplot that was going on, um, there, or some of the things that there was history, I'll try to fill her in ahead of time. And then coming out, I'll say, did you catch this? And did you, uh, did you watch this go down? This is what, um, that meant. Um, it's just to fill her in. And then when she does work, um, I don't, I don't take it more easy on her because she's a woman. I give her feedback just as if, you know, she was my college buddy. And, um, and so I'll play the red team, uh, with her sometimes. And Caitlin put together a really great presentation the other day. And I, and I sat there and I just, I took the other side and just came after her, you know, in, in love. And all I was trying to do, uh, was just sharpen her. And so, um, it's just a category that was, it has to be on our radar. Um, and I think just do better than you've been doing. 
uh, ask the gals what would it look like to be uh, developed? What would, uh, you know, if you were going to really help them grow this next six months, what would that look like? And make that a priority and realize it might be harder for them to get that development and that feedback than it is for the guys on your staff. That's right. Okay. And we'll, and we'll talk a little bit here um, or hearing a little bit about some of the boundaries that, that will exist or maybe need to exist in some of those conversations. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll put that on pause because we're going to talk about that in gray area number three, but let's talk about uh, gray area number two. So number one was where are the ceilings? Number two is this, is uh, being assertive. And so Caitlin, what would you say uh, to women who struggle to be assertive inside the church? So uh, many young women come to me and express these similar insecurities around this issue, or potentially they've been uh, rebuked in the past for things like something along the lines of feeling like if I speak up now, I'm going to look like I'm a know-it-all or trying to take charge, right? Or if I push back, I'm going to come off as domineering. Or if I delegate, I'm going to look bossy, right? So I think recognizing that those insecurities exist or potentially women have been chastised for that in the past, right? And so what I would say to, um, what I say to those young women and what I would say to honestly any young man as well is that a magical combination for anyone is a bent neck and a stiff spine. Now that sounds painful. So unpack that <laughs> a little a yoga bit. Pose. Yeah. Um, a yoga pose, right? So be humble and be courageous, okay. right? And yeah. so if you have an idea, if you have feedback, or if you want to offer a decision, I would really, I would, I would offer it with a combo of humility, but be confident, yeah. right? And so that's gonna and recognize that for a lot of young women, that first few times they do that, that's gonna feel like a big risk. And so, but I would say to you is to the young women who are listening is that you have to choose to make your voice heard. No one else is going to do it for you. Um, and I and it's going to feel scary, yeah. um, especially at first, especially if you're younger and haven't been around for a while. But take the risk, lean in. If it doesn't go well, prepare yourself for that and prepare yourself for the next step, which would be go pra- practice Matthew 18 and go and go, hey, I, I don't feel like that was received very well. Or yeah. I feel like I was shut down. Can you help me understand there, right? And so be willing to, to follow it through that way, right? But take the risk, choose to make your voice heard. Um, and I, I and push through some of the fear and insecurity um, that are that are valid, but push through them. Yeah, and so John, you know, one of the core aspects of being a leader is written about in the leadership uh, challenge about challenge the process, yep. right? That yep. that is that is just leaders can't help it, and this is what they have to do. But as we've talked about on this podcast before, how you challenge the Absolutely. process is uh, is really can make or break whether or not that's going to be received well or not. Right. So Caitlin could put on a masterclass on how to do that really, really well. I've seen her do it over and over and over again. And, um, and so because of the way she does that, she, and I think it's, you know, forget gender. It's just a great model. Uh, she will come in with an observation and, uh, she'll state it strongly. She'll state it succinctly and say some, there'll be some caveat. I could be wrong. Uh, if nothing changes, that's okay. I'm still for you. I believe in this place, but I, I really do think there's something here. And so there's a humility. There is a there is a uh, a stiff spine in that, and a and a kind of a, a soft uh, heart uh, with it. And so uh, this morning, uh, just as a you know, if you want to know. Um, is, is that real? Does Caitlin do that? Uh, we were with our team and one of the elders and the, and the elder, uh, was affirming Caitlin for her feedback. Mm. Um, so this is not theoretical, um, today, you know, um, he said, Hey, you have provided great feedback. You have made this church better. So she's been uh, sort of uh, also to the, to the gals, I would say you have to earn that, that right. You don't just grant someone, 
um, credibility, and uh, and I think that's we should we shouldn't do that. We should um, we should make uh, be be aware that it could be difficult for a woman, but you don't just automatically just say because you're a woman you get to run this place. Uh, Kaylin's earned that right, and I would just say if you're frustrated, gals, this will be really hard to say, but uh, it could be that your feedback isn't helpful, or it could be that the way you say it isn't helpful. So you kind of have to earn that right. But then uh, you know to the men, which is true for either gender. Any, yeah, that's any a mistake. Gender, that's but, a but common you mistake. Hi- you wouldn't want to hide behind that, make. right? Yeah. right. You wouldn't want to hide behind your age. You wouldn't want to hide behind anything. You'd say maybe my maybe I need to up my game in my feedback, um, but then uh, in terms of being assertive, you need to as leaders look for ways uh, to to let uh, women be assertive and, and exercise their gifts. So on our team, uh, uh, Eric was here last week, uh, the last time we recorded, and so he and Caitlin and I worked together, and we always let Caitlin do our presentations. Like she just crushes at it, and she's so much better. And we're not threatened by that. We don't, um, you know, we don't apologize for that. It's like now the best person on our team to do presentations will will now have the clicker, and she stands up and she commands the room, you know, and everyone uh, is blown away by her presentation skills. So you've got to be okay with someone being uh, better than you, and and kind of helping them and pushing them into positions they may or may not naturally want to grab uh, the reins out and say, no, you can do this. You would be great at this. Let me be assertive, kind of on your behalf and set them up for wins. Yeah. So Caitlin, would you say as a woman, if you're sitting there and you have these thoughts or you have this feedback, uh, what, what goes on in your mind, this wrestling between this may be really good feedback, but I don't want to be bossy. And even as you said that word bossy, how unfair that label is, you know, cause I don't think you'd, there'd ever be a guy that would be accused That's of good. being That's bossy. Really good. But that is, uh, generally speaking, mm-hmm. a, a term that is used for women or towards women that could be, I, I can imagine if you have that soundbite running through your mind, you're like, I don't want to be bossy. Who wants to be bossy? Right. But, um, and so that could be something that would cause you to not, you know, speak up, even though uh, you really have something good to share. So what are, talk me through that internal dialogue. What does that wrestling look like? And how do you handle if you feel like, uh, I, I want to say something, but I'm also a little bit afraid right now. And this is where clarity is really helpful. So if you are in an organization, a lot of that is harder when you're in an organization where boundaries are not clear, right? And so if you're trying to wrestle through, can I say this? Should I say this? And I'm also not under, don't understand uh, clarity of role Mm. that becomes more complex. And so if you are in a place, I would say that for me, um, earlier on when I think I had, when I was coming to work at a church and was, and was really examining candidly scripture for, Hey, what's my role? And inside the church here. And so once those boundaries became really clear and I had men around me who were really clear with me that I, sh- I need to get busy leading and they need me to lead, those fears got a lot less, yeah. right? Because I can lean on their clarity of going, but they've told me before. And then we have this agreement that if I cross that line, they're gonna they're gonna tell me and I'm gonna be humble in response to that. So I don't know if that helps, but clarity is a get, clarity can counteract insecurity. Yeah. Have you been told, hey, you've crossed the line? Has that been a part of your personal story? Um, at, not as a woman, as a human. Okay. Yeah, yeah I would say. Good. Yeah, talk about yes, that. Yes, that's great. And so I would say that I have never once been, um, I've never told I've crossed the line as a woman, but I had a lot of rough edges to work out in terms of pride. And um, I would say bull in a china shop yeah. of just the way that I was wired. And it w- it took it took nigh on three weeks of me being here for to get pulled aside and go, 
hey, you kind of you kind of ran people over yeah. in that meeting. John is shaking his head vigorously in <laughs> yeah, agreement. Yeah, it wasn't. I've got scars. So I would say I would say that my issues have not been about um, my issues have been not not been about being a bossy woman. It's been about being a prideful human. Did you at so any good. point when you got that feedback, did you think this is because I'm a woman, or did you were you because that sounds very clear that you yes. were able to go no as a human, not as a woman. Did you have that perspective right away? I think by God's grace, I was able to see it really clearly as pride because yeah. it was communicated to me. Again, I had clarity of that. Hey, in this organization, the way that we interpret scripture, these boundaries. So this is not a boundary. This is not a gender issue. But they took me to, I mean, they took me to, I remember my very first performance review, one of my very first bosses, I walked in and it was my first year here and it was a different boss. I've fun fact, I've worked for both John and Adam, um, two out of the three bosses. Who was, who was better? What? I would say, I would say Eric, Eric. You didn't say that earlier. Okay. Um, but I've had, so (laughs) these are two of the four bosses I've had at Watermark. Um, so I've worked for, and then my very first boss in my, that I worked that hired me, I walked in my performance review after my first year. And um, I was kind of expecting maybe a rave, you know, like, you know, I was kind of expecting to do a while. And he sat me down and he talked a lot about, he talked, you know, about performance and those sort of things. But he was like, I think you might have a pride issue. I think, in fact, I know. And he took me to James and he took me to places in scripture. And I think the Holy Spirit really convicted me. And that started me as a trajectory to really soften and lean in there. Um, but that had nothing to do with being a woman in leadership. It had everything to do with right. just being prideful. That's really helpful. And let's talk about that for a second, because there may be is a woman that's listening to this right now that has told herself a different lie, that she has received feedback yes. and has gone, that's because I'm a woman. And for you, it may be, hey, you maybe need to really think about that. No, that yes. just may be good feedback from one human to another. Right. It could just be you're sinful or it could yes. be that your pride is getting the best of you right now, or you are really mean mm-hmm. uh, and you come across harsh that you don't come across as building a bridge. You always come across as building a case. That's not because you're a woman. That's because you need to get better at communicating and not to just, just play that. Oh, it's because I'm a woman every time. And to you, I would, to those women, I would say just, it's so helpful to examine the intentions of when you're, when you are giving that feedback or, or, or that you feel like isn't being well received or, or what. And so start with yourself, examine your intentions. Um, are you doing that for, what are your purposes? What's the, the intention there? And then I would say, hopefully you, you work around people who are going, could you, could you humbly ask, Hey, you could even put that insecurity on the table. Hey, I, I need your help in helping me understand, is this because I'm a woman or, or is this because there's a sin in me that I'm not seeing or not seeing as clearly? Can you help me navigate that? And again, if you approach that, I find that humility <laughs> makes people drop their weapons uh, regardless of gender. So if you approach that with humility, I think you'll get, I think you'll hopefully get some really good feedback. But for me, um, yeah, it has had, I've never been told, I've, in fact, I've been told you are so far away from the line, which I was like, really? And so I was told that a couple of weeks ago of, by an elder of you are so far away from the, from crossing a line, Caitlin. And so and that was so encouraging. Um, but we do have an agreement for ev- with every man that I work for. If I cross a line, um, I, I please correct me. And I'm committed to being humble when I receive that correction. Um, because I think that that's, that's a gift. That's yeah. good. All right, so Caitlin, you've got this 20% rule that you talk about uh, when it comes to being assertive. So why don't you unpack that a little bit? Absolutely. So um, so I think if I was to speak in very broad generalizations, um, I work with several men and some women who say and who are just naturally stronger personalities. They say things 20%, 30% stronger than I would have, right? Um, I'll have a lot of Enneagram 8s, um, male Enneagram 8s on our staff. Yes. And that, when I first came here, I was going, oh my gosh, is everybody 
these men mad at me uh, because of the way that they communicate, right? And then I started to realize, no, they are wired. Some of them are just wired to kind of enjoy the sparring Mm -hmm. and to enjoy the fight. It gives them energy. It makes them feel engaged, right? And so I have learned that that is to, over time, building relational equity with some, specifically some of the men that I work with, to just insert trust that um, if they're saying something 20 to 30% stronger than I would, they're not necessarily mad. That's just the way that they communicate. Now, if I feel like they've crossed a line um, and maybe we're, we're veering into actual conflict, I'm not afraid to stop the meeting and ask, clarify, hey, are, are we in conflict? Um, are, is there some, I'm sensing some energy here. Can I just double check, right? But I find that's a lot of sometimes, again, broad generalization, a disconnect between men and women is that men are a little bit, enjoy, enjoy the fight a little bit more than women, again, very broadly. And that can cause um, a, a perception of conflict that might not be, yeah. that might not even exist. Yeah, and that's good. And, and don't back down on being assertive just if you are dealing with somebody that has a different Absolutely. personality than you. So that's really good. Okay. Well, let's go on to this last gray area here. So the first one was, where's the ceiling? The second one was all about uh, being assertive. And this third gray area has to do with boundaries between men and women. And so Caitlin, uh, to state the obvious, you're a single girl and you have men that report to you and you also work alongside a lot of Mm -hmm. married men. And so how do you think about that? How do you navigate those situations? Absolutely. So when I made the switch from corporate America to the church, I had to get my head and heart around the idea that you're that inside the church, your spiritual, your professional, and your personal life are just mixed. And yeah. so that is not a that is just a different dynamic. And it would be unwise to not recognize that dynamic. So for me, a couple ways I've just tried to be thoughtful, and these are not necessarily hard and fast rules, but the, it's the way I've tried to be thoughtful is that so for the men that report to me, I try to be careful about the conversations we get into um, to make sure if they veer more towards the spiritual, they have a man on staff who is better equipped. So if they need to confess they've been looking at porn they need to confess that that's going to be better for Eric and John so I just try to be thoughtful about that and then when it comes to communication and how I relate specifically to my married men male coworkers, uh, there are some some simple rules I have that I follow so things like I don't text married men one-on-one about purely relational stuff I try not to call or text after hours unless it's an emergency and then I really try to pursue uh, the wives um, of the men that I work with and get to know their families, right? They're all married to amazing women. Why wouldn't I want to get to know them a little That's bit right. more? Those are great. And uh, I, I appreciated those when you and I were working together. Uh, loved those boundaries. And so, John, uh, some may be listening to this going, well, why are you talking about boundaries? But uh, a lot can go wrong if we don't talk about this and really think about these boundaries. Well, the things that Caitlin is talking about right there is exactly how affairs start. And it's, you know, uh, I understand um, but it feels like we've kind of, as a, as a culture, we've moved past this. The Billy Graham rule now is like a derogatory phrase. And and yet we keep having uh, affairs and we need to be wise about this. And so what Caitlin's talking about is some rules that just keep that you know, that game of tennis from being played, which is where affairs start, right? You, uh, you know, the, the boss will say, boy, you looked really uh, cute today. Is that a new outfit? You know, and she goes, oh yeah, you know, and how was your weekend? And uh, those kind of things. And next thing you know, there's a connection that happened that shouldn't have. And, um, and that's what she's guarding uh, against. And that's what I think as a staff, we do uh, our best uh, anyway uh, to guard. Now, what that doesn't mean is that the women on your staff are sexual predators. They're not, they're your sister's in Christ and don't take any conversation in the hallway or any email as a boy, you know, she wants to have an affair and wreck my marriage. That is crazy. And I've seen that in just some bizarre Christian subcultures. Caitlin is my sister in Christ and uh, man, I care about her as a friend. Now I don't call her 
at 10 o'clock at night and going, man, I, I know you had a tough day. How, how, I just want to see how you're doing. Uh, I, I have, um, you know, I, I remember being on a walk, uh, recently it was, it was, you know, just, it was not, not a great day. And, uh, and I called Caitlin cause I did care about her as a friend, but I, I was walking with my wife and I said, Hey, can we call Caitlin uh, together? Put her on speakerphone. We just called and checked in, uh, and might've prayed for it, which is totally appropriate to do mm-hmm. with, with a sister in Christ, but you want to be careful. And one of the things I really appreciate about Caitlin is she's the one, I mean, it was like day one, like uh, first hour. And now you report, um, uh, to John, you're on his team she walked in and just said, Hey, I've got these, these rules. And, um, and I wasn't offended. I was really, really encouraged. It was the first time the woman actually had proactively, um, said that uh, to me is where normally that's been something that I've uh, driven. And I felt cared for just as a, as a brother, uh, in Christ. And so just be wise. There's all kinds of possibilities for things to just go wrong here. And so if you're a male, uh, you don't need to be texting. You don't need to be flirting and you don't need to expect, um, you know, the gals to reciprocate either in, uh, you know, uh, in person or by text. And, you know, and I would say, uh, gals don't play that game either. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if that, that you might curry favor by, uh, by sending this, don't do it. And, uh, you trust God, um, and, uh, and treat him as uh, a brother in Christ. And, uh, and I think we should, if anywhere, this should work well, it should be in the church. And so oftentimes it doesn't. There we go. All right, John, any final thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I hope this came through. I, um, we, uh, is the category of, you know what, there's women who have gifts that they need to deploy in your church, in your organization for, man, the the glory of God. And I remember telling Caitlin early on, just saying, hey, uh, if my gals, my, my daughters have the spiritual gift of leadership, a Romans 12, 8 gift of leadership, I want them to be able to look at women in this church who are exercising that gift and so that they have an example to follow. And a lot, a lot of times, they don't, uh, mm-hmm. other than the women's uh, ministry Bible study leader. Right? right, that's unfortunately, and I and I want a varied uh, set of experiences that my my daughters could look to and go. You know what? I'm I'm wired similarly. I wonder if God could use me the same way. And, um, and so I want to facilitate that, you know, for our church, for my daughters. And it's really fun to have someone on my team that I think is, is doing that. And so, uh, Caitlin, it's really fun to watch you use your gifts. I, uh, I hope God, uh, gives you kind of more of an opportunity to encourage other women. We were going to do a, um, a talk at, uh, CLC, uh, last year that got canceled. So hopefully we'll get to do that, uh, again, but I'm really grateful for you. You do a great job, uh, with this and, um, and I hope God uses this podcast and, uh, in your life to encourage other women to use their gifts. I like well, it. I would say that's a big part of that is because I've been championed by the two men at this table. So thank you for helping and building into me and all that. That's great. Caitlin, always great having you in studio with us. Thanks so much for your time today. If you guys have any questions or comments on today's episode or topics you'd like for us to consider for future episodes, please feel free to send us an email at clp at watermark.org. If you like what you heard today, please rate and review the show. That helps people find us. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again next time.